Hello, Free Admission FR. Welcome to the latest edition of Free Admission FR at www.freeadmissionfr.com. My name is J.P. Nichols here with our second interview, a very big interview with one of the hottest wrestlers going today in independent professional wrestling. He is the current Open the Freedom Gate champion for Dragon Gate USA, in addition to a Campione de Parejas at Chikara. I'm joined by Johnny Gargano. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. What do you say hottest? Now, is that pertaining to my looks, or is that pertaining to my wrestling ability, or is that pertaining to how people view me? Like, well, I do remember that you did, I believe, on Twitter have a list going a while ago talking about the best-looking independent professional wrestlers today, and I believe you were towards the top, actually. So I actually won. I was number one. I was number one. I had a vote on my Facebook, um, and fans from across the world who are friends with me on Facebook voted, and they all voted for me. It was a, it was a, uh, the top three were uh, me, uh, Adam Cole, number two, and Chuck Taylor, number three. Now, Adam Cole's a good-looking guy. I'm comfortable enough with my uh, sexuality to say that. He's a good-looking dude. Chuck Taylor's also a good-looking dude. So I'm honored to be in the presence of two good-looking dudes. Uh, we plan on starting a boy band eventually. Me, Chuck Taylor, and Adam Cole. It's going to sweep the nation. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Uh, in addition to that, there's also the double meaning of just uh, the matter of you're arguably, in my opinion anyway, and I'm sure many other would match this as well, is it's just you're one of the definitely one of the top professional wrestlers on the rise right now uh, throughout the business. And really, I mean, like, uh, just as an example, I mean, you know, you're the Open Freedom Gate champion. I mean, like, that's amazing. So, uh, it, it's yeah. amazing to me too. Like, I, it, it's still a lot of things don't hit me until probably like years down the line. Um, mm-hmm. Like the current things don't like like when I won the Open Freedom Gate it was a huge deal and it was probably one of the best moments of my life. But the magnitude of being the Open Freedom Gate champion, the first American Open Freedom Gate champion, really didn't hit me. It probably still hasn't hit me. It's not gonna hit me till years down the line when I'm gonna sit back and be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man, it's still amazing to me because. Like I say numerous times, I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy who enjoys wrestling. I love professional wrestling. It's always been my passion. It's what I've done my whole life. And to be at the level I'm currently at, people see me and want to see me wrestle and want to see me perform. It's really cool to me as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that over the past couple months, obviously, due to um, a, uh, your injury at Evolve 10 uh, versus Ricochet, you've been in a bit of a recovery process uh, on your way to next weekend, uh, next week's big shows in Miami. How's that been going for you? Uh, it's been going. It's been going. It's been a rough couple months, uh, honestly, uh, everything considered. Uh, my back has been a bit of a jerk lately. And, and the night that evolved 10 at the arena was probably one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. Um, it was the worst pain I've ever been in in my entire life. I can't even describe it. I can't even imagine it right now because it was just mind-blowing. Uh, to set the scene for you, I'm sure everyone's seen that video that was produced, and uh, that's kind of told the story a little bit, but to set the scene a little bit more, um, two hours to three hours before the match, my body just started shutting down, and I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know what was going on. Uh, my body started shutting down, and I got really, really stressed out because I wasn't nervous for the match because I'm confident enough in my abilities, and I know I can do things, but I was worried that my body wasn't going to be able to work with me, and it didn't. Um, my legs started feeling really heavy, and then like two minutes into the match, the legs just went. And I basically wrestled 
25 more minutes with no feeling in both my legs. And a lot of people have asked me, like, why didn't the match end right there? Why didn't the match end just instantly? Because um, that's not me. That's not in my DNA. As long as my heart's still beating, as long as I'm still alive, I'm not going to stop a match, honestly. And that could be stupid. That could be uh, really reckless. But that's just how I am. Uh, professional wrestling is my life, and that's all I've ever done. So that's all I've ever known. Uh, so as long as my heart was still beating, I was going to keep wrestling that match. And I finished the match, and then I got carted off to an ambulance, uh, where it was a very, very weird night. That's a weird night. I don't remember much of it, honestly, because I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I've never done anything like that, and uh, I've never had pain medicine before. And they gave me a bunch of pain, pain medicine through an IV, and it just completely knocked me loopy. Uh, Dave Saposi came by the hospital and said it was the most asleep he's ever seen someone when he saw me. I don't even remember him being there. Uh, but I guess he was. Uh, yeah, and then I, I flew home the next day, um, and that was the longest plane ride of my life because they had to wheelchair me from the hospital to a car, out of the car, wheelchair me through security. When the security guards were like, hey, can you take off your shoes? I'm like, eh, can't do anything. And I was just yelling in a lot of pain, wheelchaired me from there to, my, to the plane, wheelchaired me on the plane, did in my own row, wheelchaired me off the plane uh, where I got in the car, I uh, was carrying up the steps into my own house and laid in bed before I was there for like four to five days, pretty out of it. Um, and then I went to see the doctor and everything. We were kind of trying to put things together. Uh, and two months later, here I am, and I am doing physical therapy still. I just completed physical therapy yesterday, actually. I'm done with it. Uh, my physical therapist seems pretty confident that I should be okay doing the exercise and stuff on my own, and my body is healing pretty well. Um I go see my doctor next Wednesday, and then Thursday morning I get on a plane to Miami where I make my professional wrestling return. Three, I mean, and obviously three huge matches that weekend, like, all around. I mean, on the Friday there's the three-way elimination where it is you, Swan, and Taylor versus Tazawa, Bibi, and Uha versus Pinky, uh, Cannon and uh, Cannon and Sammy, actually, excuse me. Which um, I remember when I was uh, when I first saw that, that was like a match that I never expected to ever really see booked. Honestly, like that was like one of those matches that just really jumps at any fan. I mean, really, I mean for Hollywood, I think it's like a huge attraction all around. Like that show, just to me, out of all three Dragon Gate shows, seems like the most unique out of, uh, uh, out of the like for me as a wrestler too. Like for me as a wrestler, that match, I'm very excited for it. Because there's just so many dynamics and so many different personalities and so many different styles all in one ring. And uh, and being the main event, I know we're going to get a lot of time, so it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. And I'm very, very excited to do it. I I think it's the perfect first match back for me as well because um, I get kind of get to test my oats there. And, I mean, I I don't have to carry the burden completely myself because there's so much amazing talent in the ring. so I'm very excited for that match, and I think it's going to be a very, very unique encounter. That is going to be really entertaining for me and really entertaining for fans watching around the world as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in addition to that, on uh, Friday night, you are teaming with Chuck Taylor to go for the United Game titles with, uh, against Seema C- and Ricochet. And then you uh, have your second defense against uh, Yoshino on Saturday. I mean, so really, I mean, all, all kinds of great stuff for you that weekend, you know. So, I mean, and I'm, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, like you said, like the tag match is something I'm also looking forward to. I think me and Chuck Taylor have amazing chemistry together as a team. And uh, I've wrestled Shima 
Uh, I can't even name how many times. I wrestled him numerous, numerous times. It got to a point where one weekend we didn't wrestle each other one Dragon Gate USA weekend, and it felt really awkward because we wrestled each other like six Dragon Gate USA weekends in a row in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but uh, like I said, it's always an honor to be in the ring with a guy like Shima because he's an amazing talent. He's a legend. Uh, he's the icon of Dragon Gate, and he's amazingly talented. And I can really say that a lot of my development um, has come from being in the ring with a guy like Shima as much as I have. Uh, because he makes you bring your A game every single night, and you can't help but get better being in the ring with him. Um, he's been a guy who's always uh, helped me out as well, so uh, I'm very much so looking forward to that match. And again, being in the sound of Yoshino, I've never had that match before. It's the first time ever, me versus Yoshino, one-on-one, uh, for the Open Freedom Gate Championship. And it, it, I want this match as much as anyone, because I want to know if I'm back. Um, I want to show that I'm back. I want to know for myself if I'm back. Being in the ring with a guy like Yoshino is going to prove to me and give me a bunch of confidence all over again uh, that I'm back, I'm ready to go, and I'm better than ever. Fair enough. One thing that I do want to point out about uh, Yoshino, the, particularly the Yoshino matches, actually uh, looking at his record in Dragon Gate USA is that the Sol Naciente, his submission maneuver, has actually gained him about 16 victories since the inception of Dragon Gate USA. Do you, do you think that you would be able to manage to get out of this hold in the event that uh, he manages to uh, uh, put it on? I, I hope so. I really hope so. Because uh, I, people have brought this up to me before. People have been messaging me about this, actually. He brought up that same stick, uh, st- uh, statistic to me as well, um, that he has beaten 16 guys with Sal Nociente, and it's a very dangerous hold. I know that. Uh, if you look back at a tag match where it was me and Chuck Taylor against Yoshino and Hawk, I had Pac and Gargano escape, and uh, uh, Yoshino put Rick, uh, Chuck Taylor in the Sal Nociente, and I, I knew immediately, that's a very dangerous hold. I, I know it. And I know that uh, most guys he puts in it never get out. They never get out. You just, I don't think I've seen a guy, when it's locked in, get out yet. I mean, outside of the occasional rope break, but I've never seen him actually find an escape for it. Um, right. Trust me, I think up till 3 a.m., uh, two nights ago, I think, or two or three nights ago, watching just Yoshino matches. So I am very much so preparing for this match. If there's an escape, I'm looking for it, and maybe I found it already. I guess you have to tune in and find out if I, uh, if I happen to be put in that hold and if I happen to get out of it. We shall see. Uh, absolutely. To kind of uh, carry back a little bit, when you were covering on, uh, uh, your, on how much you've uh, wrestled with Shima, it just brings me back to, again, just like how much you've risen over the years, because it's like I think back to uh, the Windsor show, actually, if I'm correct, where you had uh, come out and offered Shima various things, such as a copy of Dunstan Checks In, in order to earn his respect, and then he immediately blew you off by telling you to go to back, if I recall correctly. And it's just a really amazing, I mean, like, how, so, I mean, when it comes to, like, your rise in wrestling, I mean, like, SEMA's obviously been a huge part of it, but really, in addition to that, it's just amazing at the amount of talent that Dragon Gate USA has helped create over the last two years or three years or so, such as, like, I mean, obviously, not just with you specifically, but, like, with guys such as Ricochet, A.R. Fox, Sammy Callahan, Chuck Taylor, Rich Swan. Like, unlike, uh, I mean, I'm not going to point out anyone in particular, but unlike a lot of independent professional wrestling companies, they just seem to have a really good grasp on uh, helping push the new names out there, so to speak. I, I 100% agree. I, uh, I will say this, and I firmly believe it, Dragon Gate USA has the best young talent in the world. 
no doubt about it in my mind. Um, and, and I think that just comes from giving guys opportunities. Giving guys with talent opportunities is the main thing, I think, that Dranga USA does. Gabe Skopolsky is amazing with uh, giving young guys opportunities and not being afraid to give young guys opportunities because I think that's the main uh, aspect of it. Guys like me, Chuck Taylor, Ricochet, A.R. Fox, Sammy Callahan, Ooh Hot Nation came out of nowhere and is now crazy. Um, Rich Swan, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Dragon USA is full of young guys. It's amazing talent. And um, I don't know, some companies are just, they don't want to give young guys with talent opportunities. And it's sad to see, but I think if you let young guys go, and you let them grow, and you're not afraid to let them grow on their own and give them the stage to perform on. I think they're going to surprise you, and I think Dragon Gate USA, uh, with a mix of the best talent from Japan and the best young guys from America, makes up one heck of a roster. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and in addition to that, not only just via Dragon Gate USA, but also you wrestle in Chikara as well, where, like I had mentioned before, you're a current holder of the Campeones de Parejas with Chuck Taylor as well. Uh, how how would you uh, attribute Chikara to, I mean, to helping you grow? Because obviously you've been a part of uh, FIST since uh, summer of 2010, if I'm correct. I've been a member of FIST for a while, it seems like now. It seems like forever now. Uh, it's helped me grow because it's let me get, me get the opportunity to be in the ring with guys and let me a show maybe a different side of my persona. Um, I think with Johnny Gargano is you get different things in pretty much every promotion, which is odd, but I mean, you, it gives me a chance as a performer to spread my wings and fly and do different things and try out different things. And I think in Chikara is really where me and Chuck Taylor formed our bond as a tag team. I think we developed all that chemistry in Chikara. And I think it shows in every single match we have. Um, Chikara, uh, as I brought up in numerous interviews, is a comic book come to life. It's uh, got amazingly over-the-top characters. It's just fun. It's just straight-up fun. And if you haven't seen Chikara, please give it a chance because it's an amazing, amazing product. And for me, it's given me the opportunity to grow as a wrestler, not only as a wrestler, but also as a character as well, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I did want to ask your thoughts on, I'm not sure if you can really talk about it too much, so feel free to like shoot it down if you want, but do you have any thoughts on the feud with Shakara uh, and Ring of Honor right now? If not, you feel free to just shoot it down, but I just figured I would. I actually haven't seen much of it because I haven't been at the shows that they've done stuff with, and I haven't seen any of the feud stuff with. Um... I mean, if Chikara is going to work with Ring of Honor, I think it's, if they think it's the best for them, I think that's a good thing for them. Uh, it maybe will open up new fans to the Chikara product, maybe open up, I don't want to say this, but new fans to the Ring of Honor product. Uh, if you cross-pollinate two brands, and two completely different brands, I'd say. Chikara and Ring of Honor, I think, are two completely different companies. But if you put them together, maybe you'll get something cool out of it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of the stuff yet. Uh, I haven't been on any of the shows where they've done stuff with it. Uh, so... And I think it's for the best. I, I can only imagine it's good with the talent they have. So we'll have to see. Uh, when it came to the Yoshino matches, were there any matches with Yoshino that had actually stood out with you? Stood out to me. I just watched um, Yoshino versus Jack Evans from back in the day, I believe, for the Brave Gate title. Uh, I was watching that. Uh, that stood out to me um, due to all the different things they did and all the athleticism and how... Uh, Yoshino is an amazing athlete, and he's in the ring with a guy who 
uh, is <laughs> also a ridiculous athlete. So two ridiculous athletes, uh, one-on-one was a, a cool sight to see. Um, I'm always, always, always a big fan of Yoshino uh, wrestling Naruki Doi, given how much they know each other. And I consider my style to be uh, similar to Naruki Doi's and Shima's and guys like that. Uh, so I wanted to see how Yoshino was matched up with a technical wrestler like Naruki Doi, uh, who you know could bring a a well vast technical style as well as a hard vast striking style to it as well. Uh, so I was very excited to see the Nuki Doi and Yoshino match, which I've seen before, but I wanted to see it in a studying aspect this time instead. Um, so a couple of those matches, Nuki Doi versus Yoshino was always one of my favorites. They, they had a hell of a contest in Los Angeles, actually, two months ago. I know that you uh, were not, unfortunately not able to be present for that contest, but, I mean, to at least view it. But I would definitely highly recommend uh, going out. I mean, definitely check it out, especially because, Doi actually almost did counter the Sol Naciente, but unfortunately he also ended up succumbing to it. So, I mean, I, I wanted to see that. That was the only match that I was excited. I was excited to go to California, but I was also excited as a fan to see that match. I haven't gotten a chance to view it yet. I'm sure I will uh, before next weekend. But, um, yeah, Yoshino and Doi always put on something amazing, given how well they know each other and how talented they both are. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. And- and just really, with like the whole, uh, with all the Miami shows, really. I mean, like obviously you were at the Atlanta shows last year, which uh, were uh, also on WrestleMania weekend. And really, I mean, just with all the hype surrounding uh, the these particular shows, I mean, every year, I mean, it's always seen as the biggest weekend of the year. I mean, like obviously, it should be a much uh, great opportunity to really introduce a lot of new fans to the Dragon Gate product, honestly, because like, like you had mentioned earlier, it's just obviously one of the best places for growing talent uh, just all over the the wrestling business. And really, I mean, like, what are your thoughts on really the type of crowd that will be present for the show? I'm always excited to wrestle at WrestleMania weekend. It's um, my favorite time of year um, just because the atmosphere. The atmosphere is just so electric. I feel, um, because you have crowds coming from all over the world just to go to WrestleMania, and they get a chance to maybe see a Dragon Gate USA show that they would never get an opportunity to see before. So they're just general wrestling fans, and they're excited. And my favorite thing, too, is if you have fans of just WWE coming, and they're like, oh, what's Dragon Gate USA? We'll give it a shot. Their mind is going to get blown that night. I can guarantee you. Their mind is going to get blown that night, and it's going to change your perspective on professional wrestling. Um... I always love the opportunity to uh, show new fans my work, and I think WrestleMania Weekend is the best opportunity for that. Uh, I'm excited to give the opportunity I've given. And when this injury happened, uh, I was upset, of course, honestly, uh, obviously. But I knew I was going to come back WrestleMania Weekend, no matter what. I was going to do whatever I could, whatever I possibly could to get my back in order so I can come back and wrestle WrestleMania Weekend because that's how much it meant to me. Uh, if you would have asked me two months ago when you're coming back, I would have told you WrestleMania weekend is my deadline, and that's when I'm coming back. So uh, we're going to do it, and it's going to happen next week. And I'm very excited for it as a wrestling fan and as a professional wrestler. Absolutely. One of the things I did forget to mention as well when I pointed out that uh, it's going to be you and Taylor versus uh, Seema and Ricochet on the Friday show is actually it was originally going to be Chuck Taylor and Rich Swan. Uh, versus uh, Seaman Ricochet, but Swan was seemingly 
taken out and uh, and you were put in his place. And Swan is now actually also going to be facing Masato Yoshino on the Friday show. Do you have any thoughts on that potentially over uh, like why that had happened? Uh, well, Chuck Taylor would rather team with me. Apparently, uh, I got the phone call from Chuck, and he would rather be have me on his team because he feels I have a vast knowledge of beating Shima. I made him tap out twice, so he feels confident in that. Uh, I don't know. Him and Chuck are a great team. I don't know what was going through his mind there. I don't know why he decided that he'd rather team with me. But I mean, if he wants me, I guess I, I was I wasn't doing anything that night yet. So I, I love to be opportunity. It's an opportunity to be a double champion to be. Uh, Open United Gate champions, me and Chuck Taylor went to the finals of that tournament, and we just missed out on winning the title. Uh, two without Yoshino and Pac, actually. But, uh, I mean, if Chuck wants to team with me, I'm down with it, I'm ready for it, and I, I want to get back in the room with your Ricochet as well, because I feel if I'm at 100% and Ricochet is 100%, we can do some amazing things together. Uh, and Chuck Taylor and Ricochet comes to do amazing things together, and me and Shima can do amazing things together, so I'm sure that match is going to be something phenomenal. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and this also works out, too, because Yoshino gets to wrestle Rich Swan, and I get to see Rich Swan go one-on-one with Yoshino uh, up close and personal, and I get to uh, scout him for the next day as well. It, it's, uh, on the subject of tournaments, actually, there was one particular tournament that I kind of wanted to delve into that I personally, uh, actually a lot of people that are associated with this site actually had the opportunity to attend last year in both uh, Brooksville and Crystal River, Florida, actually. Uh, obviously, you had also worked Jeff Peterson Cup 2009, but there was a tournament last year, uh, Jeff Peterson Cup 2011, that you were actually a finalist in and made it all the way to the finals against A.R. Fox, who ended up beating you in the finals. But I, I'm not sure if you've seen or potentially even heard like a lot of the reception from a lot of the people, including myself, that had gone to this tournament. But I had also made it to uh, King of Trios last year, and I absolutely loved King of Trios with all my heart. But really, the tournament last year, Jeff Peterson Cup, I and uh, a few other people have actually said to me that were in attendance, they felt that it may have been one of the best set of shows they've seen in their entire life. And this is like covering a whole lot of attendance in terms of shows and, and just like all types of promotions, locations, wrestlers, etc. I mean, like, what were your, uh, do you uh, have any re- uh, great memories from Jeff Peterson last year? Uh, I, I've, I've heard you guys, and I, I, I've, I've seen tweets, and I've seen stuff from you guys talking about how great the tournament was, and I really appreciate that. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it so much, and I was proud of it as well. Uh, being in Jeff Peterson Cup 2009, uh, it, was, it, was, it was different because, you know, I was a young guy, and I was just a guy, guys like Davey Richards and TJP and guys like that who uh, were, you know, big names, or big names in an aspect. Uh, that those were the guys that, like, were going to put on the great matches, and they were being trusted to be the guys in the tournament. And now you go two years later, and I was being trusted to be the guy in the tournament. I was being given the main event slots, and I was being given guys, things like that. And they're like, I was being given the longest math times, and like I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So basically I said, okay, well, back in 2009, I was just a guy, and I tried to, you know, just fit in. Now it's my time to shine, and I'm going to show these people why I'm in this spot. And uh, luckily, I got the opportunity to be in the ring with great talent and do that. Um, my least favorite memory of that tournament was actually uh, me, Book Kendrick, and Lewis Linden went to a mall. We went to the same mall back in 2009, so it was a very uh, appropriate thing. We went to a mall that was abandoned. I don't even know what mall it is, but it's, it looks like it's closing down, and it's not good anymore. 
wasn't the Crystal River tent, as I call it anyway. Like, there's a tent there that just looks like a gigantic tent. At least that might be it. Court. That might be it. I think that is it, actually. It's just about the only thing in Crystal River, Florida, besides that. Yes, I think that's the only thing. And uh, and we were, we went and we we went there and we were like, okay, well, we got like a couple hours to so let's go see a movie. And we went and saw Paranormal Activity three. I think that's what it was back then. Paranormal Activity three. And then you know whatever that was what it was. Uh, going to see a movie with Flip Kendrick and Lewis Lennon is always fun though, because Flip Kendrick is the most secretly charismatic man in the world. You won't you won't be able to tell that. But uh, so I get out of the movie and I got a call on my phone from the airline that says my flight home is canceled. And that's it. It's like oh your flight home is canceled. Goodbye. And I'm like oh what? <laughs> oh that ain't good. Uh, that's it, because apparently there was a huge storm going out at the time in, like, the Midwest area uh, by Philly and New York. That was the time when that was all going down with this huge snowstorm. Chicago was canceled that day, and I was supposed to actually go to Chicago show the next day. I was going to fly from Florida to the Chicago show. Um, and so I spent, uh, this makes this more impressive, I spent, like, the next three hours on the phone waiting for the airline to call. Like, it was just the most stressful thing ever. And, like, during the tournament, I still had no idea how I was getting home, honestly. Uh, so I'd go wrestle my match and come back, and I'd check my phone, and I'd be in another match real quick, and I had to do that match, and I'd come back, and I'd check my phone, that I was in the finals. Then I'd come back, and I'd check my phone, and, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And finally, like, at the end of the night, I actually got a hold of the airline company, and they like, had no way to get me home. And then, like, uh, they had no way to, like, change my flight. So I couldn't make Chicago the next day because they wasn't taking any flights in there. Uh, and they, they, were, they wanted to give me a flight where it was like from Florida to North Carolina to Dallas, Texas to Cleveland, and I would have been like having like eight hour layovers, and I would have been not home. I would have left at like eight a.m. and not been home till like midnight the next day. Uh, and I was like, that's ridiculous. And then like they booked that flight, and they unbooked that flight, and they booked it again, and they unbooked it again. Then I had to go there, and I got my flight changed, and I got it fixed, and I got it changed again. And it was just. It's a very stressful time, but I'm glad that the tournament turned out as well as it did. I take great pride in my match with AR Fox. I haven't seen it yet, but it felt amazing. You guys, as a crowd, was amazing all night. You guys didn't really get quiet or get down. Because all the wrestling that you guys were seeing, I was surprised you weren't getting more down. And I'm glad you guys were actually up for the finals, which was cool for me. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a great pride for me because in 2009, David Richards said that this is the future of professional wrestling and gave that big speech. And I was proud that in 2011, I can say that in the ring, in the, in the moment right there, we are actually the now of wrestling. We're not the future anymore. Like, like, really, it was just like a real sight to behold because, like, I mean, uh, this is just my personal opinion, at least. But, like, I mean, like, out of all the matches that I've seen from, like, uh, guys like you, A.R. Fox, and Bobby Fish, et cetera, like, that tournament, I, I don't know just what happened, but it just... Felt like it was it, well. Really, it, there's a lot of parallels between that and King of Trios last year, where they're just like everything managed to click and like fly over with flying colors. Like I mean, not just the match that like you had had with Fox, but even with Gresham, uh, Fox's match with uh, with uh, Bobby Fish as well. Like there's just a lot of great stuff all around, and like I I really really just uh, stand by my opinion that it was really just one of the best weekends that I've ever attended in my life. And actually, I mean, it's just sort of funny because, like, um, 
uh, like I had mentioned, like a few of my friends that had also gone have all been to a fair number of shows, and really they had all like were calling me as everyone was driving back, and was just like, "Wow, we just really witnessed what we witnessed." Like it was just truthfully a sight to behold. I, I think know. too when you have guys like with the talent level that uh, was in that tournament. I know me personally when I don't have the best match on the show, I get like upset. I, I, I enjoy seeing the show. I enjoy always having the best match in the show. That's just something in me, and I have to do it. And when I don't do it, I get physically upset. Um, so for me, I knew every match was going to top one another. And I felt that's what it did uh, in the tournament. Like, as, like <laughs> the first match was amazing, so the next match had to be amazing. The next match had to be even better. The next match had to be even better. Then I heard was seeing, like, Oh my God, these matches are so good. I got to top this one now. Then, I, of course, I knew the finals of me and AR Fox had to be ridiculous because, you know, every other match in the tournament was so good. The finals had to be amazing. So, for me, I, I figured that was my chance to ha- leave the lasting memory on the tournament was in the finals. And uh, I'm glad I got able to do that with AR Fox. Well, actually, the person that you wrestled in the semifinals is actually going to be making his debut for Dragon Gate USA in Hollywood, actually. His name is Mike Cruz. He's like a worker here in Florida, actually. Uh, do you have any memories of your match with him? Because, like, to me, uh, your match with him really, like, it, it essentially turned me into a fan of Mike Cruz and actually did that to a lot of people. Uh, that were I'm glad then. I'm glad, I was, I'm glad that I was able to do that. I'm glad. I, I wasn't too familiar with him before the match. But during the match, I mean, he, he's a great wrestler. He brought it. Um, and I'm happy to see that he's being given an opportunity now in Dragon Gate USA. And that's like I said, like I said earlier, uh, Dragon Gate USA is a place where you give young guys opportunities. The young guys, uh, they're not afraid to give young guys a chance. And if they flourish, it's awesome. If they don't, then we'll see what happens next time. But uh, just being able to be given that opportunity, I think, is a huge step for any young wrestler. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and in addition to that, I mean, just really, I mean, like, it's, I just, I mean, I know I've been like, I've been harking on it really ever since the shows have come out, but really, I just really hope that, uh, you know, at some point these shows manage to come out and be released because, like, really, I mean, just, just the level of, uh, just like greatness that took place that week, and I really just feel it's uncharted, even though 2010s actually, because, uh, like Sammy ended up going to the finals of that tournament with uh, John Moxley, now known as Dean Ambrose, and really, I mean, like, it's just amazing. Like looking at that, uh, both those tournaments in hindsight, and really, you just have like the top of Dragon Gate USA right there, you know, so to speak. You know, what is uh, you have you and Fox in the finals, and then you had Sammy uh, taking it in 2010 as well. So, I mean, really, both tournaments were just ended up turning out better than I think anyone could have asked for. So. Oh, definitely, and I think that goes to say a lot of the talent that's in the tournament. I think when you have talent like that and you let them go, I think you can get some phenomenal things, and I think that's what uh, the Jeff Peterson Cup tournament's all about, is just having great talent, putting them in together, and saying, here you go, here's what you got, go for it, and, and you get some cool things from it. Uh, one, uh, one thing also, um, because obviously uh, there was a bit of a, uh, uh unknown uh, details on whether or not you would before all the matches for Miami were confirmed, it was sort of unknown on whether or not you would, in fact, be there to wrestle. But actually, that was sort of made aware by the fact that actually at a recent AIW show, they you had shown up as number 30, and uh, the, wasn't, uh, forgive me, for the, uh, wasn't it Gauntlet for the Gold? It is, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, and 
Uh, how was the crowd reaction to that? I mean, considering that, to me, like when I had read that you had uh, showed up for that, I was pretty blown away, actually. The crowd reaction was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. See, the, the thing is, uh, AIW was running Turner's Hall. In Turner's Hall, uh, this is their first show in Turner's Hall, and Turner's Hall is actually where CAPW used to run, Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling, uh, and that's where I started. Uh, Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling uh, is basically one of the most well-known things in Cleveland and the history of Cleveland wrestling. Uh, it's where I trained, actually. Turner's Hall is the building I trained in when I was 14 years old. So... That building's really meant a lot to me. It's meant a lot to my development. A lot of people have seen me grow throughout the years in that building. So I just knew that AIW was going to run a show in Turner's Hall, uh, their first show there. They're going to run there for the rest of wherever. Uh, I knew I had to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form, and the crowd reaction that night was ridiculous when I came out. Uh, when my music started playing, the crowd went crazy automatically, but they weren't sure if it was real. They weren't sure if like this is actually happening right now. But as soon as it came to the curtain, uh, I can't even express how crazy the crowd reaction is. The video is on YouTube somewhere if you want to check it out. I still get chills listening to it. Uh, but that was a really cool moment for me because, you know, uh, for the past few months I've just been hanging out, laying in bed, not doing anything. And it's good to see that I wasn't forgotten about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, actually, on note of that, I mean, I know that you've been catching up with a lot of television shows as of late. Uh, what... What type of things are you, uh, I believe I saw that you were getting in, uh, what was it that I saw? Well, uh, go ahead. What type of shows have you been watching lately? Uh, I just recently finished How I Met Your Mother, and I finished, but I just recently got caught up on How I Met Your Mother. Um, I, I never watched a show ever before, and everyone told me I should give it a chance, um, so I started watching it two weeks ago. I already am caught up, so I'm able to watch it on television now and actually know what's going on. I'm a big fan of that show, actually. It's, it's awesome. I'm a big fan of Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, I think his character is phenomenal. Um, it's one of the best characters on television, I feel. Um, and ultimately, like, uh, my favorite show ever of all time, as everyone knows, is The Office, without a shadow of a doubt. That's my favorite television show ever. Um, I'm a huge Steve Carell fan, and I'm still even watching the show now that he's gone. It's a little different, but it's getting, it's kind of picking up now. Uh, well, either way, I'm a huge fan of Steve Carell as well. I mean, just because ever since I had seen him in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, he has just been actually one of my favorite actors to watch completely, including even in the recent film uh, Crazy Stupid Love with uh, him, Julianne Moore, Ryan Gosling, etc., Emma Stone as well. Um, also, one thing that I do remember very vividly is that you were, in fact, a big fan of 90s cartoons. Like, particularly, I remember that you were a huge fan of Reptar, if I'm correct, from Rugrats. <laughs> like, I am. I'm a big Reptar fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, me personally, I mean, I'm also a 90s kid myself. I mean, you have a few years on me. I want to say about three. So, I mean, like, uh, what, do you th uh, what would you consider some of your favorite cartoons from the 90s? Favorite cartoons from the 90s. Ah, uh, man. That's, that's, that's so hard to, like, anything from Nickelodeon I love, like Rugrats, Doug, uh, ugh, all of those. I love all of those. Um, Angry Beavers, Ariel Monsters. Because uh, I, I was, uh, all I watched was Nickelodeon back in the day. But then, like, I also like Nick Jr., which is horrifying for me to say as a 24-year-old man. Uh, I also like Nick Jr., uh, Franklin, uh, Muppet Babies, um, Little Bear, uh, Anything like that. Uh, then you go into the PBS stuff. You got Arthur. Arthur is amazing. I thought he was. I just found out recently he was an aardvark. I didn't know that. 
Um, I thought he's like a little bear. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it seems to blow a lot of people's minds, actually. <laughs> he doesn't look like an arg. He doesn't look like an arg barg. Like, he doesn't have a nose or anything. He looks like a little bear. I don't I mean, like, uh, like, really, I mean, especially, it's like, why would anyone, like, you know, no offense to all the aardvark enthusiasts out there, but it's like, why would anyone want to see a show about an aardvark, honestly? <laughs> but, I know, like, I don't even know what an aardvark is, honestly. Like, if you really want to get in-depth with it, I don't know what an aardvark is. I know what a tiny bear is, and that's what I thought he was. Uh, and why is an aardvark hanging out with a rabbit anyway? I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to get into the the class system of why aardvark hang out with rabbits and all bunch of different animals. But, um, yeah, I don't know why they make a show like that. It's weird. And it teaches you lessons and stuff. I don't know. I don't know why an aardvark has moral dilemmas, but whatever. I'm not going to dive into it. One thing that always bothered me about Franklin, actually, was uh, a friend had brought it up to me, The like, actually, ironically enough, not too long ago, was the fact that only Franklin, out of all the animals, and it was the only one who got a name. Like, everyone else was just rabbit and badger, bear, etc. It's like, why is Franklin the only one that has to get a name? Well, probably because they couldn't call him Turtle. Uh, I'd say that's probably the... Also because they're racist. I'd say they're racist as well. That's also the reason. Maybe they do have names, but Franklin is a bad friend and doesn't remember any of them. Like, that's, I mean, there you go. That is highly true. I mean, he's uh, so concerned about himself. I mean, like, potentially he just forgot all his friends' names. Uh, Franklin is very narcissistic. He's very into himself. That's the other yeah. side of Franklin you don't see on Nick Jr., they just had a spinoff on MTV or something like that, where Franklin just does a bunch of drugs and just hates his friends and all that type of stuff. It'd be really cutting edge. Well, <laughs> one of my favorites, actually, was always uh, Hey Arnold as well from Nickelodeon. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. Which, if you look at the Ronin video, I actually have a Hey Arnold shirt on. The first initial Ronin video, where Rich Swan is singing our theme song and comes up with that. I am wearing a Hey Arnold shirt, and I still do wear it some days. Uh nice. And it's funny that you bring up, like, you brought up Steve Carell and you brought up Nicktoons, because um, my original character uh, in Dragon Gate USA uh, was pretty much a, not a ripoff, but I, I borrowed a lot of stuff during the Power Hour era off of uh, the Michael Scott character from The Office and WCW Chris Jericho. I kind of meshed those two characters together of a guy who just lives in his own world and... Um, he doesn't really think about anyone else and is very just into himself and is just so oblivious to everything else going on around him. Uh, I was very much so based off Michael Scott of the Office and uh, Jericho and WCW. So it's funny you mesh those two things together. Well, just one thing in regards to Hey Arnold that will always bother me, actually, is the fact that the show never got to conclude. I actually watched the recent uh, episode where Arnold saw how he was born and whatnot the other day, which was actually the final episode in the whole series. And actually, he finds the map that shows where his parents had gone, and they were going to do one huge movie that was going yep. to you know, show that uh, Arnold, you know, meet up with his parents, actually reveal his last name, which is actually, from what I've been told, is actually Short Man. I'm not sure if you knew this. I did not. I, I actually watched the last episode recently on Netflix as well. Because I wanted to see it. Because I, I don't know, even if I never watch a TV show ever, if I hear like it's going to be the last episode, I always want to watch it. I don't know why. I just I want to be a part of history and watch it. Uh, the same thing I'm with Friends. I never watched Friends ever. But I found out it was going to be like the last episode of Friends. I was like, oh, i got to check this out. I had no clue what was going on. But I got emotionally invested like a mother after watching that, though. I was like, oh, man, this is so sad. I have no idea who anyone is. But whatever. Um <laughs> 
I always try to like watch the last episode. I like to be emotionally brought out in shows, and it can happen very easily for me. Uh, but yeah, I watched the last episode of Hey Arnold. I still don't find the map, but I figured they came out with a movie. I guess they didn't. It's horrible. They, they, they horrible for little kids to find one. out, but they did come up with one. It was, uh, I mean, it was originally going to be a TV spe- special called Arnold Takes the Neighborhood, but they decided to develop it into a movie. And then when they had the original idea to do the movie where Arnold makes up his, uh, meets up with his parents, I guess Nickelodeon just didn't want to do it, which well, no, it, it just constantly blows my mind that they would never think of doing that because really, I mean, that was like personally one of my favorite shows in all of Nickelodeon history, uh, only really topped by Rocco, honestly, because Rocco to me is just absolutely untouchable. Rocco, I'm watching Rocco. It's, it's funny that Rocco is more entertaining now than it was back in the day because I actually understand a lot more of the jokes than I did back in the day now that I'm 24 years old and not, like, 12. Uh, and I had no idea what it was. So I was a very sheltered kid. I had no idea what suck it even meant back in the day. I'd just do the suck it chime, and I don't know what I was... I don't know. What, are the, what suck it mean? I have no clue. Whatever. There was, like, one episode, actually, where uh, I'm not sure if you've uh, seen it. I want... I can't remember the exact name of it. All I remember is that essentially Mrs. Bighead essentially is frustrated with Mr. Bighead not loving her and essentially does her best to try and seduce Rocco. Yep, I remember that episode. Uh, all those episodes, man, there's always some underlying sexual theme or some underlying just everything. I, I don't know why they even let that air on Nickelodeon, honestly. Like, like she gives him Spanish Fly as an example, and then also... Uh, pays him right in front of Mr. Bighead and kisses him. It was just like, you're watching this now versus, you know, watching it when you ever you were like five or six years old, as an example, yep. and you're just looking at this like, wow, really? <laughs> it's mind-blowing. I, I, I'm, I'm so surprised they let that air. I don't know how they let it air. I don't know why they let it air, honestly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was entertained by it when I was a little kid. Uh, I still can't believe it that they never finished that Hey Arnold arc. That's ridiculous. They should do that yeah. now, Absolutely. just for me. Yeah, I mean, like, really. I mean, like, there was actually one picture that I recently saw on the Internet, even, where it was uh, it was meant to, like, show Arnold and Helga grown up, and it actually shows, like, that Arnold actually fell in love with Helga. And I'm just, like, sitting there, like, see, someone did that in, like, a matter of seconds, and at least give you a feeling, a conclusion to something that will unfortunately just never happen, even though I, uh, many fans obviously wanted it to happen more than anything. Well, the real story is probably Arnold went and left and tried to find his parents. Ultimately, he ended up getting killed and died. And then oh. Helga started doing drugs, and then she died. And then everyone, then oh. whatever his oh. friend's name. I can't remember what's his friend's name. Jerome? I don't know. It might be racist to me to say that. Gerald. Gerald. Gerald, okay. I said Jerome. It's one of the two. Uh, Gerald, he ends up being in a gang. And Harold ultimately falls apart. And the grandparents die because they're old and senile. Uh, just, you know... That's the movie that no one, no one knows about. That one. It's like one. It's like that picture, like the origin of the Rugrats, which just made me unable to really watch Rugrats ever again. If you've never seen it, I definitely encourage you not to because. Just, oh, the creepy pasta thing. Uh, it's it's like this one, like just showing like how Angelica is like imaginations of them yep. in her head and whatnot. Oh my lord! Yep. Like the first time I saw that, I was just completely just sitting there like. Wow, my life is a lie. <laughs> I love reading those freaking creepy pasta stories, where like you got like you know it's made up, but let, there's like a little part of you that's like, eh, maybe, because maybe that might be true. I don't like, I don't know. Like there was one about Pokemon, where like there's this evil Pokemon that like game 
they created that like end up sucking the life out of you or something. I don't know. I love reading like those stories that I find online that are just completely ridiculous, and it's about like my childhood, like the Bart Simpson, the Simpson, uh, the Bart one. There's one about Bart Simpson. I can't remember. If you search creepy pasta online, you can you can find a whole bunch of them. I don't even know why they're called creepy pasta. It's weird for me to say creepy pasta in real life. I don't think I've ever said that before. Uh, but yeah, search them. <laughs> I don't know why they're creepy pasta. I need to have a move called the creepy pasta now that I think about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was actually, I mean, just one of those that I just saw recently was one of those pictures that uh, actually showed the uh, the kids from the Magic School Bus in comparison to the kids yep. from Captain Planet. <laughs> I saw that one as well. Like that, that one was just another one that just you look at that and then it's like you, you can't you can't ever unsee it. You can't. Don't get me started on the Magic School Bus as well, because I, I just I can't even. Like, I was watching the Magic School Bus recently, because apparently it's still on TV. I did not know this. I found this out on, like, Christmas last year, and it's still on television. Um, like, really, like, number one, how bad of a teacher is a frizz? I mean, number one, those kids have never graduated. So they're, they've been in, like, whatever grade, third grade? I don't know. They've been in third grade for, like, 12 years. So, I mean, maybe if she quit taking them on crazy adventures where they get baked into a pie and learn absolutely nothing then she would actually, you know, maybe do good with her children and be a good teacher. I don't know why she hasn't been fired yet, honestly. I mean, what type of, what type of like, uh, freaking form like, do you have to sign to get your kids baked into a pie? Like, like what kind of parents actually let them get baked into a pie? Like, baked into a pie, they shrink down and go inside one of the other students' bodies, etc. It's just like... <laughs> they need a and that can't be healthy to have like a little tiny school bus inside one of your bodies. That has to lead to cancer or something eventually. Like, <laughs> like that's... Like, that isn't healthy. Missions and whatnot, potentially. Like, really, I mean, you know, that's just no major cause for concern all around. All around. Yeah, the school board should probably look into the frizz. I think she needs to be let go or something because that, that 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 school ain't working. That ain't that ain't going well. But also, she has a magic school bus, so she just you really need to be a school teacher because she can make a lot of money. She make a lot of money being showing the friendly using that freaking school bus to take people around. So yeah, she's got really way other career options here. Or could be even helping out other 90s friends, such as where's Carmen San Diego? She could be using that school bus to be finding Carmen San Diego right now. And why hasn't like why haven't like doctors or anything been like, oh man, we can't find this disease in this person's body? Oh, call the fridge. She's got that magic school bus that can shrink down and go inside this person's body and ultimately save their life. Nope, you're just gonna hog that magic school bus all to yourself. Oh, oh man. Seriously, I mean, there's just so much with that, with, like, uh, old Nicktoons like that, where it's just, like, you look at them, and it's, like, even, like, one with Pokemon with me, like, that always bothered me was, I, I'm not sure if you've seen this one before either, but, uh, uh you're familiar with, uh, Caterpie, Metapod, and Butterfree? Yeah. And their evolution, and Venomoth, mm -hmm. Venomoth, and if you look at Venomoth and Butterfree, it actually looks like they're backwards in terms of their evolution. Really? I'll have a look at that. Like, like Butterfree and Venonat have the exact same face, and Venomoth and Metapod have the same face. That's interesting. That's I'll have a look at that. I like, like, it's funny with Pokemon, because, like, I had to spend, not me, but my parents had to spend, like, oh, thousands upon thousands of dollars on Pokemon cards, and now they're just sitting downstairs absolutely doing nothing. 
I had to get I had to get like that. Oh, I had three Charizards, which is which is, is big big league right there. If you have three Charizards, that's big time. Uh, I had three Charizards. And I remember the first day I got a Charizard. You think I won a lottery or something? Oh my god, that's like that's like the big one. If you got a Charizard, you're you're big league then. Um, it's crazy. They mean absolutely nothing now. Because I had like Japanese Pokemon cards, like the next evolution, like the next series of like uh, freaking people. Like I had like those, like the games. Like I, I remember. I'm not a very patient person at all. I'm not patient for anything. I, I need to learn patience because I'm not. Uh, when I was a little kid, I think they were coming out with gold and silver, and I couldn't wait. I was like, I can't wait another two months for this gold game. But I went on eBay and found out they had them already released in Japan. So I bought my, I had my dad buy a Japanese version of Pokemon Gold and Silver. And I got them. And I was like, oh, what? It's Japanese. It shouldn't be easy. It should be easy. I should just be able to just play it like normal. Nope. Honestly, I had no clue what was going on. I don't, I can't read Japanese. So I all the way, that was a bad decision to get Pokemon Gold and Silver in Japanese shipped from Japan. But, eh, you live and learn, I guess. I'll never buy another Japanese version of Pokemon Gold and Silver. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, when uh, that movie Pokemon 2000 came out, and they were giving ancient Mew cards to everyone that yep. paid for admission. I had gone yep. out of my way to actually pay for an ancient Mew card, like, a yep. year earlier. And I'm like, oh, I'm the coolest guy in school. I got an ancient Mew card. And a year yep. later, like, oh, we all got one now. I did the same thing. I go every morning to Toys R Us. Every Saturday morning to Toys R Us for like, uh, they had you say like Pokemon meets thing where like you get to go and like hang out with kids and like switch and play the Pokemon game and win badges. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I never. I still don't know how to play the Pokemon card game. I have no clue. I I, I watched an instructional video. I still didn't get it. So I was like, eh, I'm just gonna collect them. Yeah, I just wanted to collect them. I don't know how to play them. Uh, and I was a very socially awkward kid, so like I didn't like talking to people. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't want to trade with any of these kids. Uh, so ultimately, I ended up buying the badges because I wanted a badge, so we ended up paying for it. <laughs> I went the opposite route of earning my badge. I paid for it. I was like Ted DiBiase for the title. <laughs> yep, uh, I had actually paid for mine too. Well, I have, yep. I'll confess now. I uh, paid for a hat as well. You know, it was uh, Ash Ketchum back in the day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even though, man, I know, wish Pokemon were real. You know how awesome it'd be if Pokemon were real? That'd be the best world to live in. It'd be a very oh, dangerous man, world. Man. It'd be really dangerous because I'm pretty sure Pokemon would probably kill the human race and it, take over. But it'd be awesome to have like a little Pokemon ball. That, I mean, really, that would probably replace like firearms and stuff when you really think about it. Like gangs would have like freaking. Bulbasaurs or something instead of guns, and they just freaking go rob places with Bulbasaurs instead of guns. It'd be more interesting. It'd be a lot more exciting. But absolutely, or even like if you were to get in the event of like one of those like random anime episodes where like uh, they had had like ghastly talking and whatnot, and he like was able to turn into things like a mongoose in order to chase Ekans away. Yep. <laughs> like that. That was always my favorite uh, arc of. Um, Evolutions was Ghastly Haunter and Gengar uh, out of the original 150. Anyway, like to me, those three were just like just so cool. And Gyarados was another personal favorite of mine. Anyway, I always used to but, cheat as well in the video game. I used to trade with my friends and get like Mew and Mewtwo, and like I had like most stock team ever. And I just I put in the cheat codes, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even really do that well. I oh man, I was I was 
so entrenched in that game, so entrenched in it. Oh, man, I can't even – I just walk around. I would walk, so it's really dangerous. I'd walk around and just play the game and not look up at all. So I'd be walking well, – at least I'd be burning calories, really. I was a fat kid, but I guess that was my exercise, just walking around looking at that Game Boy screen. Man, I miss those days. I always oh, man, this conversation has made me want to just go and just be a little kid again, which I, I do want to be in general every day, but still, even more so today. Sure. Like actually, I've been uh, I've actually busted out the old N64 myself, and I've just been playing nothing but games that I played when I was like eight years old, and grown much more appreciation for them now than uh, much much like the cartoons. And uh, when uh, you know, watched them ten years ago or whenever it was. So I mean, yeah, like Pokemon days, Stadium. It, that's one of the ones that I've been going nuts on, and I. Yep. I've re- recently learned just how much of a great Pokemon Poliwrath is, actually, in terms of the fact that he can just absolutely demolish everyone. More like Pokemon Pictures, or what that game was called? Pokemon, uh, I don't know. Snap! 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 I don't even know why that was even a game, really, when you really think about it. It was just you're taking pictures of Pokemon. I don't know. Well, it's nothing compared to Stadium or anything like that. I remember the night Stadium came out with anything. I'm very, like I said earlier, I'm very not patient. So I found out Stadium was out. So I needed to get it in, like, every place. Like, nobody with video games back in the day, like, they'd come out on Tuesday. Or Monday night, it would be some of the pre-sale ones. Uh, with anything, I'd always have to get it Monday night. I couldn't wait. I couldn't stand someone else having it and not me not having it. Uh, so I needed to get it. Like, that's how I am with Madden still. I always go at midnight and get it still. But with anything else, uh... Man, I... Like, even, yeah, I mean, just, like, oh, my God. Like, even thinking about, like, 90s cartoons, even just, like, watching 90s movies again has, like, been making me nostalgic. I mean, like, just, like, even going back and watching something, I actually just watched watched Space Jam last night for the first time in probably, like, 10 years. Yep. (laughs) Last night. And it was just, like, just watching it now, and even, like, some of the references that they had done then, I mean, it's like, wow. And now I totally understand it, and as a little kid, I'm just, like, sitting here, like, huh? What? <laughs> so. Man, like that's that's all I like. Nineties movies is all I really like. Uh, I, I don't know how kids grow up nowadays. Honestly, like there's no good yeah. like cartoons and no good shows and no good like movies. Like I don't know how kids grow up really. Like, uh like yeah. it makes me sad. Not really, but it makes me I mean, upset like, that my kid one day is never gonna have like Goosebumps to watch or Are You Afraid of the Dark or like things like that that are just like. So if I'm good, like I remember, like again to bring us up, Snick, like on Saturday night, like I'd always like have my friends over, uh, and we like spend the night and they'd watch like Are You Afraid of the Dark and we watch shows like that, and like you don't gonna have it now. There's no Snick, like and and TGIF, like all that type of stuff. I was very proud. Like again, I was a fat kid, so I, I'm all about the TV shows. <laughs> That's all I really did. Uh, so yeah, I miss I miss that. I miss being I miss being a fat kid as well. I wish I could just eat cake all day. That'd be phenomenal. Oh man! Oh, I didn't have to diet or anything. Man, that'd be so cool. Yeah, like you know, just go nuts on ice cream all the time. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> like, I still, do, I still do. I still have my binge days where I revert to being a fat kid and I eat whatever the heck I want to eat. Uh, it's really sickening when I think about it. If I, if uh, me and Alex Shelley were actually, because he's he's just like me, where he uh, is a big binge eater. Uh, we compared notes on one day we ate, and it was just it was the most sickening, disgusting group of food you could ever imagine. Like eighteen Reese's cups, like fourteen cupcakes, like six slices of pizza, like like three pieces of cheesecake. Like just it's just the most ridiculous amount of food you can ever imagine in one sitting. It made me sick just looking at the list, but uh 
No kidding, no kidding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's just crazy to just think about, like, all these things. Even, like, one show that I didn't even mention, which is arguably one of my favorite shows of all time, like Batman the Animated Series. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know, just shows like that. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, they're not exactly around today. Although, I do hear there are a few okay shows on Cartoon Network now. I mean, I always hear about, uh, what are they, Adventure Time and Chowder are, like, the main two that I always hear about. But I've, unfortunately, have not been able to check either of those two out. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never seen those. I've never seen those. Yeah. I haven't seen any, like, real, like, Nickelodeon shows or anything like that. The last really, like, Nickelodeon show that, like, I actually was like, okay, this is okay. It was Phil from Phil of the Future. I actually didn't mind that, uh, mainly because I think, uh, what, Ben Savage or which Savage made it? One of the Savages made it, uh, so I was into it because of that. And the, the chick was really attractive. That was that one chick. Uh, they were in that band, AJ and Allie or something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but yeah, she's really attractive. Just look, if anyone's listening, let's go to Phil, search Phil the Future and look at the blonde chick. So there you go, Phil the Future blonde chick. Might be AJ or Allie, I don't know, but she's really attractive. And if she's listening, hey, how you doing? Like, uh, I think you're really attractive when you're on Phil the Future. So. If I uh, throw your Twitter name out there and then you know get, a, get her to there you go. get her to contact you. Exactly. There you go. We're gonna yeah, tell our kids about this. This one time I was on the podcast and. And she, we fell in love because you heard that I was calling out to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is going to be the story of our love. It's going to be made into a movie years from now. <laughs> Wonderful. But I'm very glad to have you on here, man. I mean, it's like a major pleasure. Uh, I mean, like, it's just a all-around great guy. And, you know, we've got a whole lot of exciting things coming out. Because, uh, actually, one thing that we haven't even mentioned is that this weekend you'll actually uh, – be having uh, Chikara in Toronto yes. and yes. and uh, uh, well Vaughan, Ontario and Ottawa actually. I'm yep. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I mean that's going to be uh, you know, another big weekend for you. I mean like you know just because you know Canada's like one of those markets that uh, I've always felt should really be getting uh, a lot more than what they necessarily receive. I mean you know I'm not sure if it's just like an issue with like the. Uh, you know, the, you know, getting everyone through the border. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's just one of those markets, so that, like, you know, whenever, like, a a show's in Toronto, to me, it just always, like, has, like, an even bigger feeling than, you know, as as good of a show as, you know, one may be in, like, America, like, to me, when it's, like, in Toronto, it just has, like, an even bigger feeling. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And, like, uh, Yvonne's running Toronto, too, in, uh, I think, like, four weeks, five, whatever, yeah. April yeah. 13th, I think it is, or 13th, 14th, one yeah. of those. Yeah. Uh, they're running yeah. Toronto, too, with the Russell reunion. So, I have a lot of shows coming up in Canada. It's crazy. I haven't had it in, you know, like, a while. But now, like, every Canadian promotion out of the woodwork's coming. Uh, so, yeah. I'll be in Canada a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, that's, that's wonderful. I guess uh, one thing that I did also want to ask, you know, before we end up getting out of here potentially is uh, uh, WrestleMania itself uh, next week. Uh, well, it's now in uh, 12 days, you know, obviously being headlined by uh, Rock and Cena, Triple H, Undertaker, etc. Do you have any thoughts on WrestleMania? And actually, will you be uh, attending WrestleMania even, you know? I will not play? be attending WrestleMania. Uh, uh I don't know, maybe this is just me, but uh, I don't want to go to a WrestleMania until I'm wrestling at a WrestleMania. I think that's my, that's my, that's my honest answer. I don't want to go to a WrestleMania unless I'm wrestling at a WrestleMania. So uh, I will not be there. Luckily, like, uh, last year I spent, like, I watched WrestleMania in a hotel room 
with like Austin Aries and uh, I think Gabe and like <laughs> that was an interesting uh, WrestleMania experience. Uh, this year, uh, my flight is luckily there's no Dragon Gate USA show the day of WrestleMania this time, uh, so my flight is leaving on Sunday morning. And I will get back in Cleveland by noon, so I will watch it with friends, and I will be able to have fun and enjoy myself. Uh, because, like I said, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a huge wrestling fan. Uh, I enjoy the the, the build-up to Rock and Cena. I think has been awesome. Um, I'm very excited for it. Um, as a wrestler, I don't know what's real. And I don't know what's fake, which I think is great. I think that's all you can ask for. Um, I think John Cena has been absolutely killing it, absolutely killing it. He's been phenomenal in every one of his promos. I think... Uh, Cena, he gets a bad rap from most independent professional wrestling fans, but that guy is just, he works so hard, and he's really just so good, and he's such a good person. Um, I think he's just been killing it lately in his promos, and I think his match with Rock, his with Rock is going to be awesome because the Rock's the Rock, and it's my, in Miami, and the crowd's going to be ridiculous, and I can't wait to hear it, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and of course, uh, CM Punk and Chris Jericho, which everyone knows is going to be phenomenal. I mean, that's a given. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, friggin' Brian and Sheamus. Brian's going to bring it like he brings it on every single match. That's going to be great. Like, I'm really looking forward to this WrestleMania. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, the Hell in a Cell has an interesting, interesting dynamic with, uh, Shawn Michaels as the referee. I'll see how that gets played off. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania as a fan, and I think it's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be something special. I firmly believe it will. I, uh, I actually went uh, to Raw was in Cleveland, and I was there. Um, and I was just bringing this up to one of my friends. It's really weird to me that, like, when I was a little kid, like, I'd go and be like, oh, my God, uh, friggin' eight ball just ran to the, fell into the guardrail, and I got to touch him. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Now, like, uh, I get to be there, and I get to see, like, some of my friends are in the ring wrestling. Like, it, it's, it's weird for me that I can be like, oh, hey, good match, and text them. But, like, because, uh, uh. Seth, Seth Rollins or Tyler Black actually had a, a dark match in uh, in Cleveland, and it was really good. So uh, he's a guy who's phenomenal, and I'm sure everyone knows that. And he's going to be on TV, and he's something really different uh, that I think WWE is going to use hopefully really well because I think he brings something completely different to the table, his look, his style, everything in general is just awesome. And I think when he gets on TV, it's going to be really cool. Uh, so it's really cool for me that my friends are wrestling and <laughs> text them and say, good match and stuff like that. I think it's... It's it's so different. It's so weird for me, but I think it's something really cool. Absolutely. And even then, you know, one of these days, like, uh, you could potentially, because obviously you had some uh, great matches with Danielson not too long ago. I mean, uh, and even though it's uh, Tyler as well. And then, like, uh, perhaps we could also see one rematch in, uh, there's one guy, I believe he goes by Joey Gray, and he He wrestled Brodus Clay, I believe. He did, he did. He didn't fare too well against Brodus Clay. Maybe he would have fared well against the Fungosaurus. He didn't fare well against Brodus Clay, normal Brodus Clay. But maybe against Fungosaurus, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, Joey Gray, man, he brings it. He brings it hard every single time, even though he's wearing... He stole my gear, which I still have heat with him over that. He he, he needed to borrow gear for that show, uh, so I let him borrow my gear. Uh, but, you know, he washed it and returned it, so it's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I texted him and said, good match. I said, you did good. You tried. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, so then hopefully uh, Johnny Organo instead will get a shot at Brodus Clay. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
permitting that he's still on TV at least, you know, hopefully. I mean, I don't know why they took him off. I mean, it always bothered me. I mean, like, for that little bit, but... He's... Uh, Lotus Clay is awesome. I don't know why. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, as long as ours, he's awesome, too. He's, he looks yeah. so different, and his characters are so different. I mean, it's entertaining. I mean, exactly. everyone makes this big deal about, like, oh, why isn't he brought in as this killer monster? Well, if he was brought in as a killer monster, he'd be Mark Henry. We already got one. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, at least he's different this time. He stands out, yeah. so... It's like you got you got Mark Henry, you even have Kane in there. It's like, you yep. know, instead, I mean, like, uh, now, I mean, you just have something completely fun and unique. I mean, like, yep. which is, like, you know, exactly what every, exactly what wrestling needs, you know. And I get that right now. And, like, Dragon Gate USA, as, just as an example. So, yep. all right. I mean, uh, I guess, uh, well, thank you very much for joining, Garg- uh, Johnny. Uh, I want to say, uh, you know, great Definitely a great interview. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? I mean, I know you're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, also upcoming shows you'll be at. I know that we mentioned Chikara for uh, uh, in Canada this weekend. Obviously, Drangy from Miami, Evolve in Toronto in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, uh, take it away. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Gargano. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Johnny Gargano. Regular Johnny Gargano was taken, so I had to put the in front of my name to, for some reason. Uh, Dragon Gate USA, Chicago, of course, this weekend. Go to ChicagoPro.com for info on that. Uh, Dragon Gate USA next weekend, DGUSA.TV. WrestleMania weekend, all three days are going to be phenomenal. If you've never seen a Dragon Gate USA show before, please check it out. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I believe the Friday night show you can actually buy for $2.99 from uh, Um Check that out. I mean, it's $1.99. Wow, even better deal. Uh, yeah. $1.99. I mean, for $1.99, you can check out a show, and it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, where can you buy quality wrestling? A whole show of amazing professional wrestling is going to blow your mind for $1.99. I mean, come on. That's, that's a no-brainer. You've got to at least give it a chance. Give it a chance. Uh, I believe it's Pac versus Loki, which, come on. <laughs> you can't get any better than that anywhere. Uh, that's going to yeah. be phenomenal. You can check that out. Me and Chuck against Shima and Ricochet. We're going to bring it. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'm making my return to professional wrestling that weekend, and it's going to be something that is very special and something I'm very excited for. I'll have new gear on Saturday, uh, so there's a little teaser for you. Uh, it's going to be sweet. Um, and uh, basically, what I always try to say in every interview I do, and I'll say it in this one as well, just please support independent professional wrestling as much as you can. Uh, any guy you see on WWE, whether it be CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or guys like that, they all started where we are right now, and they all had great matches. So might as well get on the ground floor and go out and check out professional wrestling on the indies. Uh, it's some of the best wrestling in the world, and uh, you, won't, you won't regret it. Trust me. Thank you very much, uh, Johnny. You know, again, great having you on here. And my name is J.P. Nichols, and we will talk to you again very soon. Commending uh, Flip Kendrick on the show. Did he edit the video that Dragon Gate recently put up of uh, showing up like your big return? He did. He yes, did. I, he, uh, I was going to say, I know he's edited a lot of the stuff, and he's really a great editor. I mean, he's like, phenomenal. Uh, he's phenomenal. Lucky, yeah. like, if you look at any any of the videos I've done uh, in Dragon Gate USA, he's made them all. Um, yeah. And me and him have a really good relationship. And me and Gabe have a really good relationship where he basically just says, uh, Johnny, uh, I trust you. Just go out and give him your vision. 
so basically, like the last video was completely my vision, the video before my vision, video before that, my vision. I get a chance to just like imagine what I want the video to be, and I get to explain it to Flip. And I'm very much so a perfectionist, so I think he hates making videos for me uh, because <laughs> I like he sends me a thing. I'm like, hey, change this, 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 and this. He's like, uh, change this, 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 this. He, we took like three days on that last video. Uh, with every like editing and stuff like that, I give him mad props and mad credit. He's phenomenal at what he does. He's one of the best uh, around <laughs> doing videos. He's so good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, and like, uh, he's really, he's really, uh, he's good at capturing emotion as well in video. He understands that. Um, he understands that emotion is very prevalent and very necessary. And I think all of my videos show a certain level of emotion. Uh, because I think if you have good vision, if you're able to do what you want, and you have a guy who can put it on tape, put it uh, together right, I think you can come out with some cool stuff. Sure. Like, uh, especially, like, that last video, I thought it was one of the more phenomenal videos, like, I've seen in, like, a long time has been produced. I mean, like... I'm glad. Yeah, like, my, my, my mindset behind, behind that was I wanted to do something completely different than what you see on the indies, and I feel I have a story where I've been wrestling since I was eight years old and I have footage like that and I have things like that where people, I haven't used it yet. I haven't used it before. And uh, I, I figured it was time to bust it out because I want people to relate to me more and see that I'm real. I'm just me. And um, I wanted to do something that no one does on the indies. I mean, to me, that's something you see in WWE. Uh, when, when the video actually, because Dave had no idea what the video was going to be. I explained it to him. Um, and I explained to him, like, look, I got some ideas, and I want to do this, this, and this. He's like, okay, cool. I trust you. Go do your thing. I was like, okay. Um, so when he actually saw it for the first time, when uh, it was done and it was cool, I sent it to him, and he actually called me after he got done watching it. And he was laughing, and he said he was blown away by it. He was like, dude, like, that's crazy. Then he said, like, I must warn you, there's a clause in your contract that states that we can automatically resign you for two years without you knowing. Because well, after watching that video, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> you are never leaving us. For as long as we're around, you are here forever. So tell anyone, tell there's anyone, you're never going anywhere. <laughs> you're with us forever. So I thought that was cool. He said, like, basically, like what he said, like, that is what you see on a WWE DVD. That is what you see on a WWE DVD one day. And I was like, yep. And when Flip, uh, <laughs> when I actually sent the footage to Flip to make it, he was like, man, what are you doing? And I was like, what? He's like, you're making like a Miz WrestleMania video package here. Like, this is for your WrestleMania match. And I was like, look, we're gonna, we can use it again then later on if it comes to us, but I, we got some, we're going to do some cool stuff right now. I think it's going to be cool. So luckily people liked it. A lot of people get behind it, so I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just always been, like, one of my personal favorite things just in uh, – uh, just in wrestling in general, it's just like the build-up packages and things like that. I mean, like, you know, and obviously WWE has had some, like, phenomenal ones, like, uh, over the years. And then even TNA with David Sahadi has had a lot of great ones, too. And, like, but, like, really this one, I mean, like, I, <laughs> this one was, like, right up there with the best of them, like, in my opinion. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm glad everyone's getting behind it. Uh, I'm glad everyone likes it. Like I said, I'm a wrestling fan, uh, so I enjoy video packages as well. I feel they aren't done enough. Nowadays, maybe mm -hmm. WWE and TNA do them. But like on the indies, no one really does them. And I think that's something that's severely lacking. And I think that's something that could turn some random guy uh, into a well-rounded person and character 
that people can get behind. It's because they see a backstory and they see, because when people go to shows, they don't know the backstory of the person. They don't know what the person's been through. They don't know what is going on because, you know, it's just a wrestling match. But here, you can get emotionally invested in me. And I think I have a great, I would say great because I'm very weird. <laughs> I have a pretty good uh, uh, intangible where I can relate to people really well. And I can just be a dude. I can be a person. I can be like everyone else. And people can relate to me. Because everyone's gone through rough times in their life. And everyone's had hardships. And everyone's gone through stuff. And everyone has a dream. So I think uh, with me personally, they can relate to me. And uh, I think that's a really cool endowment that I get to have with my fans. Yeah, exactly. And even like uh, like I actually, even when I was younger, I actually used to edit like a lot of... Uh, uh, well, fan-made videos, obviously, for, like, Ring of Honor, and I'd put them up on YouTube, and, you know, I'm not trying to, like, bash them right now or anything, but it's just, like, they would always take them down, and I'm just, like, well, I don't really understand why. It's, like, free publicity for you all, you know? Yeah. In a sense, like, you know, it's, like, obviously, I'm just doing this for, uh, you know, just to help promote, like, a bunch of great wrestling, and then they take it down, it's, like, you know... Uh, exactly. Okay. I think DGSA is really ahead of the curve on the Creative Commons reel, too. I think with uh, being able to give fans footage that they want to promote music video makers and stuff like that, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's really ahead of the curve. I think uh, it, it does nothing but promote the product and let people show their creativity. Yeah, I actually made uh, two videos actually to promote the last Dragon Gate I pay-per-view and one for Evolve as well. Actually, and I actually one of my videos made it to the finals of the competition. Really? So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't win, but it was the one that actually uh, used music from the Dark Knight, uh, from the Dark Knight, in the event that you had seen it. Like, uh, like I, uh, I was actually pretty proud of that one. I actually thought that my Dragon Gate one that I made was even better, but it didn't get enough likes on YouTube, which is you know what causes it to advance. So, yeah, like, uh, but uh, actually, even John Davis commended the uh, um, the Evolve one that I had made. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's cool. The, the, the that's tricky part of like doing like the the actual videos for DGUSA and stuff like that is like uh, we have to use completely uncopyrighted music. We can't use yeah. copyrighted music. So yeah. uh, basically, like what we have to do is like look for music that's not copyrighted, and that kind of takes makes it a little harder because you can't just use like oh I'm gonna use that Coldplay song that like is is cool and it's gonna be have a like, cool motion in it. We couldn't do that. Uh, yeah. So basically, I had to go and I had to search around for songs I liked on YouTube and bands I liked and email them and like, hey, you like this? Stuff like that. And that's basically where like my theme came from, really. My theme is uncopyrighted, the Don't Die Digging by The Graduate, which everyone seems to enjoy. Uh, uh, Puente actually found that song. Uh, oh, wow. Puente, uh, David Puente, who is a former video editor for TGUSA, I'm sure you know him. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Lives not too far from me, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, he actually was at a concert of The Graduate and he texted me because I was looking for a song that I wanted. Looking for a song that I could use because I hated my current song. And uh, he was like, here's this, I just saw this band, I heard this song, like, listen to it. And as soon as I heard it, I immediately fell in love with it. Uh, I was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. And he emailed the band and got the rights to it. So, uh, then it ended up being used for Ronin. And I was like, oh, come on, that's my song. I can't use that song. It's mine. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with that one. But, yeah. With the the DDSA videos, I picked out all the music. I picked out all the stuff like that. So I, I'd basically be saying my, my stuff and playing the song behind it and seeing if it worked and all that type of stuff. So a lot of work went into that video, actually. A lot of uh, yeah. filming, a lot of just thought processes and a lot of, like, storyboards and stuff like that. But I'm glad it ultimately came out well and it served its purpose and people like it. And I think it's something that can really um, 
go beyond wrestling too. I think if you're not a fan of Dragon Gate USA or maybe wrestling in general, like you maybe just watch it sometimes, if you watch that video, you can get emotionally invested into it and you can understand the story. I think that's not a lot of things we have on the Indies right now are stories that transcend wrestling. And I think this one can actually draw new people in. So hopefully it does that. Exactly. And then even, uh, you know, like the song choice, like, you know, uh, the song about Stealing Eden, the name of the band? Yep. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like it's, been, uh, it's been stuck in my head ever since I first watched yep. the video. Like, uh, basically, like, I, I, was, I was looking through a bunch of songs because, again, like a big motivator, like uh, a big piece of, like, motivation for that video was, you know, the Triple H video uh, when he came back from his injury. And the Kurt Angle video when he came back from his injury. Things like that, uh, where I was using it. And I was like, okay, I need a song that's ultimately the training song, the montage song. And I, I searched a bunch for it. Uh, Flip Kendrick wanted to use Unbreakable by Fireflight, I think, which is a great song. But unfortunately, they're under a major record label, so I didn't think I'd be able to get that one. Uh, and then I searched for a bunch of other songs from maybe uh, not well-known bands, and I found the Ceiling Eden song. And... Uh, I played it a bunch, and I felt it, and I felt it like, oh, okay, this is good, this is motivational, and I like it. Uh, so I ended up tweeting the band and talking to them, and they were cool with it. So uh, they liked the music video as well. So it's cool that uh, things ended up working out, and things ended up being cool. But yeah, a lot of work with that video. So I'm glad it's done. I'm glad we can use it, and I'm glad uh, uh, people like it. So it got like 90-something likes on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, YouTube last time I checked. So yeah. I'm trying to get it out there as much as humanly possible. So we'll see. One of them is definitely me. I can attest to that. So. I'm glad. <laughs> We've got no no dislikes yet, so I'm waiting for that one jerk to put a dislike there. Oh, yeah, Someone's gonna do it. Someone's gonna do it. That one guy who just decides to make everything uh, just mess up everything. Yep. You know, he's like that one fan who comes to a show and just boos everything. A guy oh, yeah, who just yeah. he's just out there somewhere. He just hasn't discovered the video yet. Or maybe he just did discover the video, but it ultimately ended up, he ended up liking it. Like, he ended up making made him cry, and it completely transformed his life. And now he's a yeah. priest or something. You never know. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, you know, if so, that's great. I mean, if not, then, you know, why, obviously, well, too bad for him, I suppose. You know? Yeah, that's uh, And for Wrestling Gorilla, actually. Um, yes. I know, I know that you have not had the opportunity to work there, obviously. A, uh, I have not. Fair... A uh, fair amount of uh, wrestlers that you have personally worked with and obviously know have worked there as well. Uh, do you have any thoughts? I mean, like, have you seen any of their uh, shows? Actually, yes, or? I have. I have. And uh, I'm a big fan of actually their. I'm a big fan of their stuff. Actually, I think they put on some great wrestling. I think they put on some great matches. I think the crowd there is amazing. If you watch, there's a shout out to me actually in one match. If you. Uh, <laughs> If you actually watch the Chuck Taylor versus Ricochet match, uh, I can't remember when it was from. Just a recent uh, one. Wolf? There's a recent one they had. Oh, Maybe. There's a recent one they had yeah, where Chuck Taylor actually does the lawn dart. He actually does my lawn dart, and he yells, thanks, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> so there's a shout-out to me on a PWG DVD somewhere. Chuck Taylor played that for me. And I said, oh, Alicia gave me a shout-out and just steal it. So, like Darren Young or yeah. something. But uh, I'm glad... So, I don't know. Maybe eventually there's a lot of people I know wrestle there. I love to wrestle there eventually. Uh, I've never been to California, actually, because I didn't get a chance at the last time, but hopefully I'll go there one day and uh, we'll be able to do some cool stuff together. I'd love to, so we'll see. 
Yeah, that was actually one thing, actually, for the L.A. show that uh, I would say, I mean, like the recent L.A. tour was the fact that a lot of the Dragon Gate American guys weren't used on the uh, PWG show, like Fox, Swan, etc. And it actually sort of bummed me out because it's like one of those uh, times where I think it's like the most, the absolutely the easiest time to be able to yep. uh, have, like, you know, been able to use a lot of you guys, especially, you know, now they're uh, actually bringing in Sammy for their next show next month, actually. You know, and uh, I think too I that, that whole weekend was like all the Dragon Gate guys are in town too, so most of them yeah. filled up the slots from Japan. Yeah. So yeah, true. I mean, but like uh, really, I mean, like uh, I've actually I know that you're probably one of the most requested guys to come over there right now. So I mean, it's like you know, hopefully, hopefully they uh, take that to heart, and then you're able to finally make it over there. I mean, cause, I'd like you know, to. Hopefully that happens one day. I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland, whatever it's called now, Land World, whatever. I've never been there either, and I really wanted to go there. Like, I was upset because, like, my flight, uh, when my flight was booked, because my flight and everything was booked for California. Uh, yeah. Everything was set, and I was going to go. Uh, and they asked me when I had to leave, if I was doing any other shows, and I said no. I said, unless you want to just fly me out a day later and just take me to Disneyland or World, whatever it is. It might be World. I'm not sure. Uh, and take me there, but... I don't think Gabe wanted to take me to Disney World, so didn't take me to Disney World. <laughs> and my flight actually ended up being flying out later that night. So I would have had to like get there at eleven AM, wrestle the show, and then go right to the airport and leave. <laughs> An eight hour flight. So Yeah, wow. Uh, I would have came to the show, but unfortunately they didn't like Dragon Gate didn't want uh me to sit on a plane for that long with my back, which is really good. I mean I I'm not kinda stupid, so I probably would have did it. Uh, but luckily they were like, yeah, calm down. We need you in the future. Don't, don't kill yourself two weeks later. So.